I open my heart and I open my ears and I expect you to speak to me and minister to me right where I am. My heart is ready and my ears are open for all that you have for me right now in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and real to us this morning. We thank you, Lord. Lord, just give me utterance in the Holy Ghost, Lord, to speak exactly, Lord, the way you gave this to me. And Lord, I just thank you that it, it really pricks our heart and uh, stirs us on the inside. And Lord, we just thank you for that right now. And we give you praise and we give you glory for these things. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and you can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the message today. And there we go. And uh, looking forward to sharing this with you. It's something that's been on my heart for a while. And um, I don't know. Uh, Chuck, Chuck, wave your hand. Everybody knows who Chuck is. Chuck, Chuck comes up here during the week and he prays uh, during the day, during the noon hour. And he's pretty regular about it, except for Wednesdays. And uh, um, I've been up here uh, uh, several times with him, and we used to get to talking more uh, than we pray for a little while. But I don't know about it, there's just something encouraging when we got together and just talking about the Word. And there's so many things that we've had in common about, Miss, like I think he was at Autumn Assembly with Billy Brim, and uh, I, he got, he, he, Miss Lana was there speaking, I guess, and uh, uh, just a lot of uh, same connections, same contacts, and... Uh, that's just, it really had touched my heart. But the Lord really laid some things on my heart that I want to share with all of you this morning. This, this affects our church. How many of you say this church is your church? Yeah. It is. It is your church. But you know, we need to be forever faithful to the Lord. We need to be forever faithful to the Lord. You know, as a church, really, we've just begun. We really have. You know, we, I remember us setting up and tearing down in a little six-by-six six trailer, six-foot-long trailer, and um, Wells Cargo, Wells, Far, Wells Cargo, yeah, <laughs> not Fargo, amen. But, you know, we'd just begun. Well, when, when I went home to visit my dad, you know, he had the valve replacement, and um, I was in Knoxville. I was building steps and doing things I have never really done, and uh, thankfully, Dad had everything cut just right. And uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, steps at the house had holes in them. It was just two by fours going across the steps coming into their split foyer. And I pulled all that up and put it back together. And you could walk up those steps. But while I was there, you know, it was an interesting time. And I uh, was at the hospital with him, helped him get home. We went out to eat. It was a good time. But I intended on Wednesday night uh, going home, not here but going home to my old church that I grew up in in high school. And I made a point to go, and I've shared a little bit about it, but, uh, you know, they, they started some 40-something years ago. And I was there as a young man, uh, about 16 years old. When I, got, when I learned to drive, that's where I went to church. And my mom went to church there. Pastor Matthew was there for some time, too. And our brother David, a lot of you don't know our brother David. Uh, he works for UPS in Knoxville. And, uh, um, but Pastor Ed King and Nora King have been, were been a big influence on my life. Uh, they're very tied into a lot of major ministries. I could drop the names and you'd know who they are. Um, they just recently had Keith Moore there this uh, couple Sundays back. Tremendous service. You could watch it online. Um, but when I walked into the building, I was amazed because I remember what it looked like. It was a truck, um, a freight depot is what it was. And I remember when they bought it. I remember how much we all gave to it. And uh, uh, that freight depot, it looked awful when we bought the building. You know what I'm saying? It just looked awful. And uh, they got in there and worked on it. But I, I remember sitting in folding metal chairs for the whole time that I was there before I left to uh, uh, work in ministry and travel and do all those things. And uh, we were in part of, uh, uh, you had to go up the side of the steps to, uh, where the, chucks, the trucks would back up to the bumper there where they could unload and everything. They had steps to either side of those uh, trucking bays. 
And I walked up in there, you know, and, and for church, and wasn't any big deal. They had a bookstore to one side. They had a prayer room. And um, uh, they had uh, just the chairs right there in the open. And it was a good time. Mylon the Fever and Broken Heart came to play there when they held cue cards up just for Mylon to be able to read and remember the songs because he was still dealing with memory issues from all the drugs that he did. And I'll never forget those services. They were powerful. And uh, 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 Pastor Ed shared more about, the, the, about faith than I'd ever heard in my life. I grabbed hold of it. But when I got there that Wednesday night, I, I walked in. I was greeted in the parking lot by a parking usher who uh, asked me who I was. Asked him, what, what brings you to, to redemption this evening? And I said, well... And I just quickly said it very softly. I said, well, Pastor Ed's always been my pastor since I was a young man. And I've traveled all over the place. And I just was in town. I wanted to come to church. And I got already talked to Nora. And I'm going to meet with him after service. And uh, when I, when I uh, got into the building uh, there in Knoxville, I, uh, I was just amazed. Because the entry uh, was a whole new section that had been built. And... Uh, uh, it was just amazing. The, the, the trucking area, uh, I didn't realize where I was because of the way the parking lot was situated, but I actually had come into the front of the building uh, that was a dilapidated portion of the truck terminal. And I'm telling you, it looked like the Taj Mahal. Carpet was plush, the paint was on the walls, it looked pretty. And there were TVs hanging everywhere uh, as you walked in, with announcements going, with things being said and done. Uh, when I walked up to the entry of the sanctuary, I had my coffee in my hand. In fact, I had just bought it. It was hot, and, and I, I was tired uh, from dealing with things with family. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I was worn out, and I looked tired, and the usher came up to me, and he, he said, Brother, you look like you need a hug. I said, well, that would be just fine with me. <laughs> and uh, I took a drink of my coffee. He goes, well, you need to drink that out here. They don't allow food and drink in the sanctuary. I said, well, that's fine. So we proceeded to sit there and talk and had the most enlightening conversation about his background, my background. He was so taken back by all the things that I knew that he didn't know and uh, about the church. And I said, well, tonight's just as special to me. It's real special. And as I walked in there and I got to sit down, I was amazed at how much things had changed. And they had just celebrated over 40 years in ministry as a church. And again, it started out much like the way we have here. And to see where they are now, well, I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, it was very encouraging to me personally. It really burned into my eyes and into my heart the importance of all of us being faithful and finishing strong. Amen. Being faithful and finishing strong. You know, all of you have a calling on your life, whether you know it or not. It's not just that you work a job. Every one of you have a ministry. It's called the Ministry of Reconciliation. Somebody shout amen or oh me. Amen. amen. And you know, uh, uh, seeing all of that, theater seating, uh, they had two uh, uh, crane, uh, camera cranes motorized on wheels, they had their own section in between the seating. And I sat down in that seat and had two comical characters in the row in front of me. I was uh, three rows from the front. And uh, it was a Wednesday night. It's much like our Wednesday nights. It was scattered seating because there wasn't a lot of folks there. Uh, they do television on Wednesday nights. And that's, it was pitch quiet. And uh, those two comical characters in front of me, we had the best time laughing and cutting up, told one joke after another. And... Uh, uh, somehow one of them knew who I was, and uh, we just really hit it off. And he goes, you're going to stay and talk to Pastor Ed and Miss Nora? I said, yes, I am. And we got a, after the service, I, I, I was so encouraged. Pastor Eddie came up to me when Melissa and I left um, Cleveland, Tennessee to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma to serve as crusade directors. Pastor Ed came up to us that night, and he had a word from the Lord for us. And I have never let that go. And it has never failed what God spoke to us that night. Spoke to us deeply. 
And one of the things that I've shared this before was you'd never have to look for another place to go. And I never have. I never have. God's always opened doors that have blown my mind. And um, we knew one day we would ultimately settle down and pastor. And he had some words about that in that, what he spoke over us that night. But seeing all of that, spending time with them at the end of the service, and they prayed for me again that evening and had some things that they spoke that were so powerful. And in the last three months now, or I don't know, the last two months since I've been there, I've had that confirmed by three or four different ministers again, where the same ministers spoke to me privately the same things that were spoken to me that night uh, two months ago. It was powerful. And I've wrote these things down, and I've kept them quiet and not talked about them much. But are, are we going to be faithful to the finish? Ask yourself this question about your life. Is it too early for you to be thinking about how you'll finish your life? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how you're going to finish? Are you going to finish strong? Or are you going to finish early? See, our life on this earth, really, in comparison, is a very short time. In fact, um, it's very brief. In fact, the book of James, chapter 4 and verse 14 says, For what is your life? And it's in your handout this morning. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while or a little time, and then it what? Vanishes away. Vanishes away. Well, we've all heard this statement too. This is a scriptural statement. It's appointed unto a man or a woman what? Wants to die. Wants to die. And, you know, that's Hebrews 9.27, if you're wondering where that's at. I mean, there's no present time that we have to die. The Scripture reveals that what we do or don't do either shortens or lengthens our time, whether you know it or not. And I want to share about that for a moment here. While it's appointed for us to die once, we've got to remember that what we do can either shorten or lengthen our life our time here on the earth. We know, and I've preached it many times, that godliness is profitable in this life. As it says uh, in Timothy's, uh, uh, Paul's writings to Timothy, godliness is profitable in this life, and it's also profitable when we do a curtain change, if you would. And we're going to step up on a different stage and live forever. Amen. So how you live now matters how you'll be walking and living then. And I'm not even getting into rewards, but I am going to touch on that just a little bit this morning. While it's appointed unto us to once, one time to die, you know, uh, what we do can either shorten or lengthen our time. Well, let me give you some examples here. Proverbs 10, 27. Uh, the fear of the Lord does what? Prolongs, or prolongeth here in the King James, prolongeth our days, but the years of the wicked shall be what? Shortened. How you live matters. Everybody say, how I live. Matters. Amen. The fear of the Lord will prolong your days. A good definition for the fear of the Lord is not cowering down in fear, but worshiping Him, magnifying Him, having great honor and respect and reverence for God, His Word, and serving Him, and honoring Him, being faithful to the finish. Amen. Well, another verse that jumped out at me here was uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. I used to, uh, when, at Sonic Saturdays for Fire by Night, when we'd, at the end of the conference, you know, we'd have teenagers come running up, they want your autograph on their t-shirt or on a piece of paper, and I always wrote Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 under my name. And uh, uh, when I signed it, but this verse means a lot to me, and the last couple of days it's just kind of electrified about some things in my heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, My son, forget not my law or teaching. This is from the Amplified. But let your heart keep what? My commandments. Now, a lot of people want to jump and say, Well, you're talking about the Ten Commandments? No, he's talking about the Word. 
being a doer of the word. Amen. Let your heart keep what's right and just and so forth. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life worth what? Living and tranquility inward and outward and continuing through what? Old age till death. These shall they add to you. Being a doer of the word, being committed to keep the commandments, obeying what's been taught to us and what we read, those things matter in your life. They matter for your tomorrow. They matter for 10, 20 years down the road. Things I learned at Redemption Church years ago, those things have guided my steps all these years. Amen. I love hearing Sherry tell me the story about in South Carolina at the church there and uh, how there's different things that were deposited in your life during that time and how those things have guided you guys even today. They've spoken to you. You know, things are, are spoken to us where you need to get a hold of them because God's, God wants to do greater things with your life. And even when you look at the, what the world looks like right now, the Middle East in particular, I don't know if Jesus is coming tomorrow, but I sure want to live ready. Amen. But number two, even if, he's, uh, even if this is just going to be a skirmish, and we could have more intensive things later, how you live matters right now. Amen. Amen. Don't forget His law, His teaching. You know, I looked up a couple references, and you can write them down. Isaiah 38 and verse 5, we're talking about prolonging your days. Isaiah 38 and verse 5 says, The Lord added years to Hezekiah's life because he focused on the Lord. You remember the story about King Hezekiah? Boy, he was in trouble, but he prayed. The Bible says uh, he turned his face to the, the wall and prayed. He sought the Lord. God added years to his life because he switched his focus. God can do some tremendous things in your life when you change your focus. Uh, Psalms 55 and verse 23, write it down. The Bible says the, uh, uh, the wicked um, and those with blood and treachery on their hands or in their heart, they will not live half their days. Wrong things, living wrong, it's shorten your life. Amen. It will shorten your life. Well, it's pointing unto us one time to die. You know, for the righteous, how many of y'all are righteous in here this morning? You're born again, you've got Jesus in your heart? Come on, shout me down now, that's good. Are you righteous this morning? All right, hear what I'm saying. For us, the righteous, those who are born again, who love the Lord, who are living for Him, those who follow after His plans and His purpose, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, For by me thy days shall be what? Multiplied. And the years of thy life shall be what? Increased. Now I know a lot of people are going to argue with me here and say, Well, you know, the Bible says you're only promised 70 to 80 years. Folks, study your word. That was for Korah's generation. They were cursed because they built the golden calf. Genesis chapter 6 says you're promised 120 years if you choose to go that far if you take care of yourself, if you do the right things, Amen. go look it up, study it out. Long life's a real thing. You see, if you worship the golden calf, have idols in your life, have things that are more important than the things of God, that kind of cuts things short. Our focus matters. Everybody say, my focus matters. My focus. It sure does. It really does matter. You know, uh, for us, the righteous, those who follow after the Lord. The Bible says, God tells us, for by me, talking about the Lord, by the Lord, your days shall be multiplied and the years of your life increased. I love this. So I ask you this question, what are you doing right now? What kind of wheels are you spinning? Because it matters how we live, how we walk, how we talk. You know, there's times in this life when you're tempted to just quit. Am I the only one who ever been tempted to quit? Have you ever felt tempted to quit? Come on, you've working a job, you didn't like it, and this is what working out for you. My God, I'm just going to quit. Amen. How many has done that before? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes, how many of you realize you quit too soon? 
You might have learned some things about character and, and goodness if you just stuck it out. That didn't cost anything, amen, or on me. But you know, uh, we, we get tired of things sometimes. How about your car? Sometimes you get mad because you just, my car, a stupid car. Does this, does that, it's not working right. I'm just going to sell it. I'm just going to sell it. Not better yet, I'm going to go down and trade it in. And you go down there and you are taken back by all the glitter and the gold and the fancy car. And you're like, yeah, I'll sign that paper right now. And boy, a couple months later, after you've paid a couple car payments, you're like, I wish I hadn't have done that. You know, I could have fixed that car up and done better off than I am right now. I went from no car payment to $789 car payment. Amen or amen. How you live matters. What you do matters. You say, it's my life. I can do what I want. Yeah, but one day you're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for every word you said and everything you did. It's best to know Him. There's been times you feel tempted to quit. You feel tempted to leave early. You thought to yourself, you know, it's just easier to give up and just stop fighting. Well, you know what? You got, sometimes you've got to have a strong reason to keep fighting so you can finish. See, all of us have a race to finish. All of us are running towards the prize, that mark, that goal, that high calling in Christ, as Paul told Timothy. We're running a race, and he wants you not to be quit and leave, home, leave here early. I mean, yeah, maybe it'll be sweet to buy and buy, and you'll have your good rest. But God's got so much He wants you to do right now. Because how you live right now affects how you're going to live the rest of eternity. Amen. Amen. You've got to have a strong reason to fight to the finish. You've got to have a strong reason to be like Paul when he spoke to Timothy. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. Can you stand and say that this morning? See, each one of you have more that God wants to do in your life. He wants to use you to change people. He wants to use you to pray for others, to bring about a miracle in somebody's life. He wants you to lead somebody to Him. Amen. And dragging the church so they can get dunked in the pool the portable Jordan in the back. I was at a church once with uh, Fire by Not, actually it was with Phil Driscoll, and uh, they had a VW bug that they had cut the whole top of it off. And they had a hot tub they had attached to the back of that VW. And I saw that car come driving in, I go, what in the world? He goes, oh brother, that's our portable Jordan. <laughs> and they had a curtain that went around it you'd never known. Had steps that came up to it. But they were ready to do baptisms after the service. And they did. They had about 25 or so. It was powerful. See, we have a reason to fight. We have a reason to fight to the finish. I don't know about you, but when we want what He wants and what He desires, His full resources back you up. When you want what He wants, and you want what He desires, His full resources come into play. In fact, that's the reason, that reason is God's plans for, uh, uh, and His purpose for us. His plans and His purpose is what we have been created for. It is why we exist. Amen. We don't want to quit early. We want to fulfill His plan, His purpose, His goals. Somebody shout Amen. How many of you want what he wants? Yeah. Do you want what he desires? Yeah. Well, hold on to your safety belts. <laughs> Psalm 91, verse 16. It says, with long life will I what? Satisfy him. Well, when you're satisfied, you can take that one ticket. <laughs> the magic ticket you found in the candy bar. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You look up that word salvation, it means a whole lot of stuff. It's an amazing word in the Hebrew. In fact, I could preach a whole other message about that word and about Galatians uh, 
uh, where it talks about being redeemed from the cursed and all of those things. But the bottom line is God wants to satisfy your life with his goodness. The Lord wants you to redeem your days and use your remaining strength and days for his highest glory and his best purposes. I mean, to me, this is why we must be running to the finish line right now. Lord, all the things going on in the Middle East right now, amazing times, isn't it? Yeah. Not nothing to be scared about. I'd be something you excited about because I don't know about you, but buddy, I'm ready. But in the meantime, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Right? Yeah. And we need, Jesus made a point when he was a young man. He said, I must be about what? You and I need to be about the Father's business. Amen. You and I need to be about the Father's business. See, the Lord wants you and me to redeem our days, use our remaining strength and days for His highest glory and His best purposes. To me, again, this is why we ought to be running to the finish line with excellence, His excellence in our lives. And we finish our race faithfully. Faithfully. You know, one day there's going to be plenty of time after this life to rest from our labors and enjoy our rewards. But you know what? For right now, there's only a few days left to finish the work, so to speak. Whether that's 20, 30 years, 40 years from now. I mean, I want to go past 100. How about you? Amen? Amen? I do but I want all my life to be satisfied doing what he wants me to do. How many of you want to be satisfied doing what he wants you to do? Amen. Well, what are we talking about, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me remind you today about what your life is all about. Are you ready? Psalm 39, verses 4 through 5. This is from the Living Bible. And to me, this is a prayer. And I want to kind of read it in the right context. I read this in a couple different translations, and each one was different and powerful within itself. The Living Bible, the old Greenback Living Bible, came out during, the, I guess, the late 60s, early 70s, maybe before that. But the, it says here, it says, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here but for a moment more. My life is no longer than my hand. My whole lifetime is but a moment to you. And then David goes into talking about, you know, proud man, frail as breath, talking about your flesh as a shadow. And all his busy rushing ends in nothing. You know, if we rush doing things for ourselves all the time and not for the Lord, it's going to end in nothing. We heap up riches for someone else to spend when we're dead and gone. But I believe the Lord's been telling, telling you and telling me today, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time is here. Was it saying in James, your life is but a vapor? And I'm going to show that verse again in a minute. But what's your mission? What's your calling? Well, let me tell you my mission and my calling this morning. Let me tell you what this church's mission is and what this church's calling is all about. Are you ready? Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Well, read that as if it's about you. So, well, that's what Jesus said. That was his calling. Yeah, but you're supposed to be an imitator of him, is what the scripture says. Come on. You're supposed to be doing those things. That's the calling of this church. That is the calling of my life. And I tell you what, you know, if you read all that chapter, there was a chair up there next to where the book was that only the priest could touch. Jesus read that. They all marveled that he read it. And then guess what he did? He sat down in that seat. 
that was reserved for somebody very special. And he was that somebody. But then he told all of us that we would do greater works than him. Amen. How many of you were here that Wednesday night when we showed the Jesus movie? What, what was it called? The Jesus Revolution. I'm sorry. If you watch the Jesus movie, that's completely different than that movie. Kelsey Grammer. Um, but you know, there was such a holiness in here at the end of that movie, wasn't there? I mean, tear, I was crying. I was like overwhelmed by the presence of God. Folks, this is what we're all about. This is what churches are all about. Not bless me clubs, not, not this or that. You know, the whole reason that we started blessing servers and giving money to servers is because they need it. Right? We had so much fun with salt shakers the other night. That uh, Malachi, we were, I was teasing Sally, we called him Malachi. Uh, Malachi, <laughs> he was so overwhelmed, he had tears in his eyes. He came up to the table, there was, and I'm going to tell y'all, we didn't make a big deal out of it. It was over 400 something dollars was in that card. And uh, he opened that up and he, it just overwhelmed him. He didn't come back to the table right away, but when he did, he made this statement. I believe I'm saying it right to help me here. You just don't know. See, your job is to, is to do what God's called you to do. He's anointed you to bring good news to people. He has sent you to proclaim that captives will be released at the name of Jesus. I mean, you're looking at a fellow that tried to grow marijuana plants in his bedroom window. Jesus set me free. Do you understand that? Amen. I was messed up. But he changed my life. We had the biggest revival in our high school it was an amazing thing. Every club in the school had 10, 15 people in it. But ours, we had almost everybody in the entire student body from sophomore all the way up to the senior class. They came to our Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting. It wasn't about athletes. We made it about Jesus. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. Is the Spirit of the Lord upon you? Jesus even told us this. He added to our mission. Even though he's talking about himself, he's talking to you. He said in Luke 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. We are to be imitators of Christ. We are to be ambassadors for Jesus. Can you say amen? And not only that, the Bible says again, you know, we're going to do greater things than these. Jesus said that. You'll do greater things than I have done. Well, what about, why, why can you say that, Pastor? Well, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 from the Amplified. Notice what it says here. It says, therefore, become what? Imitators of God. Copy Him. Follow His example. Paul even said, follow me as I follow Christ. Are you bold enough to say that in these days? Follow me! Follow me! Time's short. Don't spin your wheels. Because one day you'll stand before heaven and give an account for what kind of wheels you spun. I don't know about you. I want to spin the word in my life. I want to tell as many people as I can. I want to drag them to church. Get them here. If I have to give over and over to get somebody to come, I'd rather do that than lose them. Amen? See, we're supposed to be salt and light, not oil and ice cream. You're supposed to be salt and light. See, your mission, may I finish this verse, don't I? Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well. Beloved children, imitate their father. You're supposed to be an imitator of your dad. Verse 2 says, and walk continually in love, that is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God, slain for you, that it become a sweet fragrance. Are you a sweet fragrance or a sour persimmon? 
Huh? Are you snotty or are you happy? God wants you to be happy because you are seed sowers. You are salt. And what does salt do? Makes you thirsty. Why do they salt the french fries? They want you to buy a big old cup of Coke. Why do, why, why do you put a salt block out in the field for the cow to lick? So they'll drink water. Folks, you have living water inside of you if you have Jesus in your heart. You're the salt. You're supposed to make people thirsty. Come on. And the theme scripture for salt shakers, the, the little ministry we got started up here where we go out and just bless servers. In Matthew 5, 13, um, it says here from the message translation, let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> I like saying it like that. Let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste goodness or godliness? You've lost your usefulness, and you'll end up in the garbage if you're not good. God's called you to be salt. We're the salt and the light. We are his ambassadors in the earth. Well, I said all these things today as we're getting ready to do water baptism this morning, but to share this one thing with you that's very important to my heart. We're, to, we're supposed to be his ambassadors in the earth. We're supposed to be salt. And we should be shaking that salt everywhere we go. Not necessarily even a big tip, but telling people about who changed your life. God changed my life. He's changed your life. We can't hoard it to ourselves. We have to tell people. Amen. Hebrews 10, 25. I, I wanted to share this with you today as we talk about what I'm going to share with you. But the Lord's church is a safe haven where the word of God is taught and the word is demonstrated. Amen. The reason the church is so valuable to society is the fact that only God can change the heart of a man or a woman. And there must be a place for us to congregate. There must be a place for us to assemble. There must be a place to come together, find strength in unity of a loving congregation that shares the teachings that God gave us all and share it with everyone else. Hebrews 10.25 in the Passion Trans paraphrase, it says, um, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we participate, as we anticipate that day coming. That, what is that day? The day that Jesus returns. And then I want to read this to you, Psalm 92. Psalm 92, and this is from the modern English version. It says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall, they shall still bring forth fruit in what? Old age. Shout that out. Old age. Doesn't matter how old you are, God still use you. Amen, Miss Doris? Amen. Come on. She wanted to get, well, you had your knee done or your hip, and uh, you had your knee done because you wanted to do more. I went over and spoke at where she lives, and, uh, and people were so hungry for the word. And we had a good time. I don't know, I don't know anybody can pray heaven down like Miss Doris can. And it gets all over you. you know, kind of like Smith Wigglesworth, you know, that guy got in the carriage like, you convict me of sin. And get, I got out of that carriage because he didn't stand being around a man of God. When she starts praying, you know, I went to the hospital with her. I think every nurse on that floor... She tried everything she could lead every one of them to Jesus. A testimony. That's what you are, a walking testimony. Amen. Bless my heart. When I walked around the corner, and those nurses at that front desk, because I'd been up there a couple days in a row there, and the nurses said, Sir, sir, your mother is just the sweetest thing. You are so blessed to have her as your mom in your life. And I started to try to explain it, and I said, Nope. Thank you. She's the best mom I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, how you live matters. And this verse, though, it says, Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. And they shall be filled with what? Vitality, Vitality and foliage. You say, Pastor, are we trees? 
Well, you're supposed to be planted by the water, right? Well, mm. in this day and hour with the shape of the world as we know it, we can't afford to be flippant and we can't afford to be wishy-washy. That's actually a word. Wishy-washy. What about about church? And just for the record, as a pastor, I've never seen an oak tree hop from one place to another. Have you? No, they're planted. They flourish. They participate. They're motivated. They choose and believe as they get older that they stay productive for the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I sat in Knoxville in that cushy chair, folding chair, gave me a new vision for what I see for us. And it stirred me. And uh, it burned in me. I remember being down in Texas at a place and uh, they have the runway there where the church is at, at Eagle Mountain. And uh, when I was there, there was nothing there but the old Naval Air Station hangar. And I remember Laren, who was our sound guy at the time, he bought a brand new B&W motorcycle. And preacher man wanted to ride that bike down that runway. And boy, he got on it and revved that thing up. I sat back and laughed. But he told us what it was going to be like one day there at that place about the church where it would be at, where all the office buildings would be. And I want you to know all those things are there today and more. You need to have a vision for what God wants to do in your heart and in your life now more than ever before. Can you say amen? amen. Very quickly here. Stay productive. 82% of the unchurched would come to church if they were just asked by somebody that they knew. 82%. What can we do to change things? Well, what you can do to change things is pray. How many of you believe in prayer? See, prayer will change this atmosphere. Prayer will shift it. Shift it. James 5.16 says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of what? A righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We as a church, folks, we need to pray. We need to start hanging out with Jesus more often. We need to pray and seek His face. He'll show us things we've never seen if we'll call on Him. And I believe as a church, it's time that we call upon the Lord for salvation I think it's time we call upon the Lord in unity for miracles, for signs and wonders, and more. I told Matthew, Pastor Matthew, this morning, I've told Chuck privately, I told Chris Clinton on the phone, I was so excited. I know I have always had in my heart, I used to have this picture on the pulpit. It was a picture of a large crowd. And, and at the bottom of the picture, it had our church logo, and, and it said these, this confession, that the Lord's church is is the largest and fastest growing church in the Mid-South. You know, uh, Pastor Eddie King and his pulpit, he had the whole back record cover of uh, Don Francisco's album, uh, which was a big crowd in uh, theater seating. And when I sat in the church that night, I looked around and I thought, that's that picture in that pulpit. It blew my mind. Folks, God wants to take this place to another level. We built this building for a reason. It's time to be fired up about it and bring in people. So we're going to start praying. Chuck came to me when he first came here. He goes, I just feel led. I'm kind of paraphrasing our talk. Um, but he just felt led. Can I come up here and pray? So pretty much every day he comes up here and prays. Nonstop. For, for, for an hour or however long time he has. Sometimes I walk in up here and he's here and we laugh and we cut up, but we go sit down and we're talking about the things of God. We get so stirred up and uh, go home crying or laughing or whatever. And it's good. It brought back a fire in my heart about Bobby Joe Hamilton and different ones when I was in college, how we got up at 5 o'clock in the morning and we called fire down from heaven. And we had some of the most dramatic services that I had ever seen in my life. This is that time. And this is this place. I really believe, you know, one ministry calls their place the revival capital of the world. I believe this church is the revival capital of the Mid-South. Do you believe that with me? That's what I believe. That's what I'm going to be praying. Amen. 
So, Chuck, help me out here if I need to say anything different. But at this table up here, we have an agenda. I asked Chuck to write a prayer agenda. And we're going to start uh, noonday prayer. Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays from 12 to 1 o'clock. If you can come, great. But we're going to call down fire from heaven. Amen. 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 And I challenge you, come be a part of it. He has an agenda here. If you'd like to read it, it is up here. I'm going to pull the papers out and put them on the center of the table here, and you pick one up. But we're going to pray. Chuck's in charge. He's going to lead it, and I'm excited about it. And uh, we've got some things in store for next year that are going to be awesome. And uh, I'm excited about what God wants to do. Can you say amen? amen. Are you with me this morning? Amen. I'm just pouring my heart out to you. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you what, I told Pastor Matthew this morning, I told Chuck about it, I told Chris about it on the phone. She was so excited. She goes, I'm liking this. I am liking this. But we're going to go out and we're going to buy a couple of uh, large carpets to go up here at the altar. And I asked Pastor Matthew, I said, I want, I want two big long altar benches up here. And I want us to come up here and I want us to get before the Lord. You know, I like to walk around when I pray. All right? I walk around, I move my hands, I'm going to pray and just walk. But every once in a while, I just want to lay down on the floor and suck rug. Because he's holy. Amen. And when his presence shows up, I want to get before him and get a hold of heaven. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what I do it in the middle of the night, walking around the house. I want to I pray for people. Pray for you. Pray for you. Pray for Kevin. Amen. Pray for Nicole. God wants to do something with you. This isn't the good old days, the glory days. We're just going to sit back and push the button and our recliner falls back and praise the Lord. You ought to be so fired up. You walk through Walmart, it just freaks people out. Amen. Amen. They sense something. You don't have to open your mouth. They just sense something about you. I have people walk up to me recently and say, Hey, you, you just look good. Well, thank you. And I go, well, what made you say that? He says, I don't know. This is something about you. You make me happy. Are you that kind of person? See, if Jesus means more to you than anything, you'll act like it. Amen. Amen. So how dare you judge me? I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you. If he changed your life, it ought to show. Amen. Amen. It ought to show in the words you speak out of your mouth. Yes. It, ought to be, it ought to show on the countenance of your face. And like Amy Grant's song, Father's Eyes. The world needs to see your dad's eyes in you. Your father who cared enough to send his only son to die for you. Amen? Amen. So starting this uh, uh, Monday, I don't know how fast we can get carpets in here or an altar, two altars, but we're going to start praying Monday, Tuesdays, and um, Thursday and Friday. So this handout's up here, and I'll pull it out in a minute. This morning we're going to have a water baptism. We're going to do it differently today because um, we we're going to stream it. And... Um, but I want to share with you before we pray here about water baptism. Did God speak to your heart today? Amen. All right, come on. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me before we do this. Father God, we just thank you right now for your word. Lord, I believe you used what I've had to say today to speak to our hearts. Lord, I thank you. Maybe some of us, we need to put another log on the fire. Maybe we need to get closer to the fire. Or maybe we remember when we were younger how, how much youth camp and, and going to kids camp and how much, how much as, a, as a young person Jesus meant to us. Maybe we don't know the Lord. Maybe, we, maybe we've never asked him into our heart. But boy, we want that. Boy, I want to be happy. Boy, I want to have a different heart. Today's the day. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is that time. 
I'm not asking anyone to raise their hand. If you're watching online, this is your moment. I don't know if the Lord is coming back tomorrow, but I know one thing. I'm going to live for Him till He comes. God's got a good plan for your life. The days that have been terrible, He can make it all better. He's got a good plan. If you're watching online, if you're here this morning, we're going to say a prayer. And if you want your life to change, ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Him into your heart. If you've never, heard, never said the words, I want to be born again, let's do that together right now. It's easy to do. All you got to do is pray with me. And if you're watching, pray out loud. All of us here today, let's pray out loud together. And if you are making this an official thing for you, say these words with all your heart. Say it with me, church. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And I believe that you sent your only son to die for me so that I could live forever. I ask you, Father, forgive me of all of my sins. I lay them at your feet. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to bleed and die for me and to be raised from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new. From this day forward, I will live all of my days for you. For all of eternity. Till I see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Now if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you rededicated your life this morning, would you please come see us or send us an email so we can uh, send you a Bible and send you a, 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 a couple books on who you are in Christ. That's what helps you get through things. Amen. Knowing who you are. This morning, uh, as we told you, we're going to do a water baptism. And um, uh, I'd like for all of us, you can stand to your feet in a minute, but not gather around back there. Uh, just stand and watch and get to where you can see. Because we are going to stream it for a family that want to watch their loved one get baptized today. Amen. Uh, Brother